Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we'll round up all the latest Prio League action as St Martins moved within one win of the title. We'll also reflect on a brilliant weekend for Alex Scott and Maya Letizia, and we speak to the man named Guernsey's greatest domestic player in our top 100 list, Saints icon Colin Renneth. I'm Tony Kerr and with me to do all that are Rob Batiste. How do? And Gareth the Prevot. Hi Tony. Yeah, I hope you guys had a nice liberation day. Let's uh, start with someone who had a great one, and that is Maya Letizia. Uh, she scored her first ever WSL goal uh, on Sunday as Brighton cemented sixth place in the league. Uh, a very special moment, I'm sure, for Maya. Uh, and Gareth, it, well, the season isn't quite over, but as far as the league season's concerned, it does cap an impressive campaign for her. Yeah, I mean... Um Brighton had a, a sort of an up and down start to the season, but over the last couple of months, they've done really well and they ended up finishing up in the top half of the Women's Super League for the first time. And May has been pretty integral to everything they do. I mean, she's just first name on the team sheet, it seems. But um, I know she was absolutely delighted to actually get her first um, Women's Super League goal. Um, it was an early one as well. Um, it was a corner swung over from the right and sort of a... The keeper tried collecting it, dropped it, and Mayer was on hand just to volley at home. But um, yeah, she's she's certainly been a very important part of um, what's been a pretty successful season for Brighton. Yeah, I think she said that she hasn't been anywhere near the goal this <laughs> yeah. season. But she, you know, there was a, a sense I think from her that you know ahead of Liberation Day she thought it might be her day. Yeah, I think she, she being a good Guernsey girl, she obviously knew how big a day it was for everyone over here. So she thought she'd cap it by making. Um, make an impact um, on the other side of the channel. So, um, no, fair play to her. Yeah, and it obviously meant a, a huge amount. I mean, her celebration, it was exuberant. She definitely enjoyed it, and uh, and why not? Yeah, congratulations to her. Um, let's move on to Alex Scott, who also had a fantastic weekend, um, getting his first start for Bristol City on the final day of the championship season. Not, not quite a, a great team result for him, but he definitely didn't do his burgeoning reputation any harm at all against Brentford, who are, of course, one of the league's top sides this season. He played the full 90 minutes um, did you see any of that Gareth? Um, I've seen the I've, I've seen the highlight of the Bristol City goal which um, Alex played quite an integral part in because he took the um, the free kick which was um, is obviously a pretty well rehearsed routine they had um, he picked out a, a run sort of at the far end of the penalty area and the, the header across to the unmarked uh, Louis Britton who, who scored on his debut too so um yeah, Bristol City haven't had a great season, but judging by a lot of the social media reaction, their fans just can't wait to be back at Ashton Gate to actually see Alex in the flesh. Um, he Certainly their, their academy seems to be um, outstanding um, and... They want their fans want their side built around their youngsters. I think, and Alex Scott, he got some very good reviews from them on on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there is a real sense of excitement uh, building around him online, and I guess you know partly that's because it has been such a torrid campaign for for Bristol, hasn't it? Certainly in the last few months and. You know, he and a couple of others have emerged sort of right at the end, um, I guess, to spark a little bit of optimism amongst right, their fans. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, once again, Nigel Pearson, their, their manager, was full of praise for Alex. I mean, Nigel Pearson keeps saying that he wouldn't have actually basically been playing these youngsters unless he had to at this point in the season. But he, he then um, he said about Alex sort of playing for Guernsey FC in men's football has obviously helped him. You could tell he had that physicality. 
Um, Alex actually got booked in during the second half for one challenge, which seemed to get an awful lot of um, fans very pleased on social media. <laughs> they they liked the fact that he was prepared to put himself, <laughs> put his body on the line and actually sort of fight for their cause. So um, I think that's the first booking I've ever seen very well received. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer and beginning of next season at Bristol with Nigel Pearson in charge. I mean... I wonder if he is going to start bringing in a few more experienced heads to bolster the squad and whether then he may well be leaving the youngsters aside a little bit. This has been forced upon him a little bit to a certain degree and he's an old school manager and I wonder, sometimes these managers say these things about, you know, uh, bringing the youngsters through, how great they are. But I did notice the other day he said he wanted to protect them, he didn't want to get them get too far ahead of themselves, etc. And, of course, his job's on the line. He's been given a three-year contract by Stephen Lansdowne, um, and he'll want to protect that. So I wonder how much there'll be sentiment um, in terms of, and, and towards the youth academy or whether he'll be looking to, as I say, go with um, older heads. We shall see on that one. Yeah, and there's no doubt that Bristol City want to be a Premier League side sooner rather than later and uh, they've been kind of hovering around for the last few years haven't they outside of the playoffs but can't just quite quite break into it and Alan Hansen famously said of course you don't win anything with kids and um, I wonder just wonder about Pearson's um, attitude to this you know as I say he's he's been happy to give the these youngsters a go but will he persevere with them when he's got He's a full summer under his belt and he's full, you know, he may well be given a bit of money to spend. be interesting to see. Yeah, I know that um, Bristol City have actually got quite a few um, players out of contract at the end of this season. Um, and pretty much all their fans sort of said they'll pay for their taxi away from Bristol. Um, so, yeah, be, there's obviously going to be a few spaces open in that squad. And you imagine Nigel Pearson will would bring in quite a few players that he obviously he will know from his time in football. And that, that's the thing, it is easy to forget possibly that Alex is still only 17. This has come probably quicker than many would have expected. Uh, to play 90 minutes against uh, a side who themselves are pretty much Premier League ready in Brentford, um, yeah, that is seriously impressive. I'm not, not even going to begin to compare Alex to Matt Letizia, um, but... How does his professional kind of emergence compare with Matt's? I mean, do you know how old, old Matt was when he got his debut? Not exactly, but it was probably about the same sort of age, I would have thought. Um, Matt made a, a, an instant impact, didn't he? Um, right from the word go. It'd be an interesting summer, I'm sure, at Bristol City, at Ashton Gate. Um, but yeah, Alex has uh, definitely made a, a big impression at the tail end of this season. So congratulations to him. And uh, I know he's still got um, some well, junior fixture to, to finish up with, I think, before... Yeah, I believe there's one more under-18s games to come. One under-18 game to come. Whether he gets chosen for that, I don't know. They might decide. Now he's sort of elevated to the first-team squad that they might leave alone. Oh, well, wait and see. And uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy his summer with plenty to look forward to ahead of next season. Well, that's it for part one. Coming up next, we'll look back at all the weekend's Prio League action. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Saints are almost there then. Leon Meekin's side beat Sylvans 2-0 thanks to first-half goals from Danny Hale and Dom Yeom on Saturday evening. Uh, that, coupled with Rovers' surprise 1-0 defeat against Valrec at Port Swath, means Saints are now one win away from claiming what would technically, I guess, be back-to-back titles. Uh, Rob, little doubt about it now, I guess. Um, they've really stepped up a gear, haven't they? Yeah, no doubt about it at all. I fully expect them to beat Belgrave's Wednesday week to get the title again. They re- have been very impressive in the last few weeks. 
they've been bulldozing sides. They did it again against Sylvan the other night. Sylvan's played okay. Um, it's a game which is badly affected by a very, very strong wind blowing down the pitch. But And Saints had that with them in the first half, took advantage of it, scored a couple of goals, and there was never any doubt thereafter that they would hold on to it or not. Um, yeah, old, old war horse Dom Home came, came good again. He really has been terrific this season. And um, the whole side is really impressive. Um, Bidgency, I'd love to see them play against the top jersey side and see how they get on. Because the Saints have got a great winning mentality when they play those sort of those big games against um, jersey sides. Um, and whilst they might not have the stars, stars of the past, um, certainly not the sort of team that that last won Upton in 2011, they've got a great spirit, a great a great mentality. And I was, you may well have seen it, Tony, yourself, while the game was going on on the weekend, Simon Gill was putting himself through a very, very rigorous um, training session on his, on his own as he seeks to come back from his knee problems. And that, that really sim- shows to me the sort of dedication amongst the senior element of their squad, which is they really do put their body on the line and they put the younger players to shame in many ways, these guys, um, like Sarge Lanuri. Um, Dom Young, Ben Coulter, and Etienne Provo's had a good season as well. You know, they're they're a good rounded side. Not a lot of flair, but really, really fantastic men- mentality. Yeah, it was very steady, comfortable stuff really for them on Saturday. Let's just hear what Leo Meekin had to say to you at full time. Comfortable, I think. Um, played well again in the first half. Second half, a very different game. Um, I think playing into the wind was was difficult for both sides today, but um, yeah, really pleased with, with that first half performance to go in two nil, um, very comfortable, and uh, I think we, we we fully deserve the three points. Yeah, yeah. Did you was what was the talk in the dressing room beforehand, having heard Roses had lost? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously that was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Varek a good side, good side, but um, we. We've got good in, good players in their side, and um, you know we were surprised that Rovers had dropped points. But yeah, we still had to focus on ourselves. Yeah. We still needed to win two games. Obviously, we need to win one now. Um, you know we can't be too worried about what other teams have got to do. If we 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 take care of ourselves and, and pick up points, we'll we'll win the league. Dom was great again today, wasn't he up front? Superb, yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, he's made a massive difference to us this season compared to last because there were so many shifts where he was working last year and wasn't available for us and he's obviously so important to the way we, we play and uh, his experience and you know his goal scoring ability and I think that's you know been key for us this season having him available week in week out because um, he's so difficult to replace when he's not here but of course the performance of the weekend really must be down at Portsmouth that was an incredible result nobody saw that one coming Valrick had been pretty ordinary in recent weeks I really did worry about them to be honest um, going forward uh, to pull off a 1-0 win over Rovers who've been very impotent in goal in front of goal um, in recent weeks but again just didn't see that coming at all and of course congratulations of course to Ro- and Rangers as well Turned over Alderney 2-1 St Andrews. Young Sam Heathcote got a couple of goals and they've now drawn level with Alderney. Whether they can get one more point from their remaining games to sneak above Alderney, I'm not quite so sure because Alderney got that sort of... They're ahead at the moment on goal difference. But there's no doubt at the moment who's finishing the stronger there. Alderney, unfortunately... um, are really in a poor state at the moment. I do worry for them next season uh, now that Steve Concannon's not there. Jermaine, pa- Jermaine Parry is not the force he was with the shoulder problems he's had and um, they do need one or two new bodies in that side and somebody to put the ball in the net. 
um, they are struggling. They really are struggling. But performance of the weekend, no doubt in my mind, individually anyway, was certainly that, that of Dave Maris at the heart of the Belgrave's midfield against North. Former York man is now past 40. He started the season um, playing left back and you could see what a tidy player it was. But now he's been moved into central midfield. Excellent. It really is good to see somebody who's so who's obviously played at a higher level, who's so clever on the ball, does the simple things, gets in the right place at the time, makes other players so much better as well. Steve Renner and Stu Russell had terrific games again for Bells, but I bet they wouldn't be anywhere anywhere near as effective if they didn't have that sort of solid presence of Dave Merris, Merris at, the, at the hub of that midfield. Bells have come on really nicely in recent weeks. Yeah, Bell's third now, Rob, with the game in hand on those around them. And they look very good for that position now. But there was a big blow for them this weekend. Yeah, poor old Charlton. Um, he um, was desperately trying to keep a ball in play just in front of us, actually, in the stand. Um, and in the process of trying to keep that ball in play, there's nobody around him. He got his feet in a tangle and <coughs> there was a nice loud crack. And he was in, the poor boy was in a lot, a lot of pain. A lot of pain um, and they were very very careful actually um, treating him on, on the sidelines cutting his his um, socks off and his shin pad etc taking his boot off very very carefully um, it appears there's no fracture but it seems that there might be some very very severe ligament damage which could even be worse so the big question is well will he be fit to start um, GFC pre-season training which won't be too far away when you think about it really you know and um that would be a big blow, not only for, for him, um, but also for Guernsey FC, because um, they need all their proven senior players they can get. Um, I mean, we don't want them to be all our eggs in Ross Allen's basket, really, should we say. But um, no, it's a shame to see a good player. Yeah, really tough to hear. And we wish, of course, Charlton all the best um, with his rehab and I uh, hope to see him back on a pitch very soon. Just on, on the you know final note on Bells, do you think they could actually pitch second now? Well, they fancy it. They fancy it. Chances Rovers really have, I wouldn't say have imploded. They're still playing some decent football, but they can't score the goals. Um, I'm not so sure. I think um, I'd still stick with Rovers for finishing second, but Bells definitely for that third place now. And of course, the other two teams we mustn't we must um, mustn't forget this weekend were the um, Sylvans under 13s and the North under 16s who wrapped up their own Ravenscroft sponsored titles. Um, North under 16s um, have been excellent all season. Seen a few, seen, seen them a couple of times. Some good players, and I think there were three of them are on the bench for um, the Prio team the next day, um, which shows shows obviously. Um, they see a lot in a lot of promise in those lads. They're not quite ready yet physically. Um, apart from George McNeil, who I've rabbited on about before, he's um, very good prospect and very strong already. But there's some very skillful players there. And I noticed the captain of the Sylvans under thirteens is one Emerson Nobes, the son of the coach and former Marathi player John. He's already a big lad, and you know I can look. I fully expect to see him playing number five for the Sylvans first team in not too many years down the road. Well, congratulations to those league winners. Um, coming up in the final part of the pod, then we'll hear from Guernsey's greatest ever, as decided um, in our list of the island's top 100, Colin Renneff. Welcome back. Now it's time for the final word on our countdown of Guernsey football's top 100, and that can come from only one man, uh, Colin Renneff. Rob, uh, fair to say his announcement at number one on our list has been met with near universal agreement? Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, 
and it was really great to sit down with Colin and talk to him about about his career and and the whole um, countdown. It's such he he was really chuffed. He said that in the days leading up to it, he was he was staggered by the number of people who were stopping him on the road and to talk about football and say, well, of course, Colin, you must be number one, etc. He's um very bashful guy he, he doesn't sh- shout his mouth off about how great he was but he knew he knew full well that he was like to be very very close if not number one um yeah and it's good to see a, a nice man who's done so much for football over a long long time get honored in that way absolutely well let's hear from colin now he came in to chat to rob and i well colin thanks so much for coming in great to see you uh congratulations on topping the list uh, I mean, yeah, how does it feel to, to be sitting on top of this uh, list of 100 great Guernsey players? I'm really pleased about it, particularly for football, because um, it's livened lots of people up into talking about football and particularly coming to speak to me and saying, well, well done on your that, that far. Obviously, nobody knows until today. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think you you've done a really good job for football. Fantastic. You weren't too, you weren't worried that you were gonna, weren't going to make the cut. Then is it ticked along towards the top one? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't want to be big headed. But uh, but uh, yeah, I, I you know I, I thought I'd be around somewhere, not at the top. I must admit, but because uh, I think uh, you know goal scorers normally are the ones that are the uh, the best ones. Although I scored a few, I suppose. Could I ask you, Colin, 60 years ago this spring when you made your first of those 17 Marathi appearances? Right. And can you tell us how you heard the news and how much of a surprise was it? Yeah. I, I, it, um, in those days, there were five selectors who picked the team and picked the bare 11. And um, uh, Jim Loveridge, who was on the St Martin's committee, was one of the selectors. And he... Uh, turned up at our house at about half past 11 at night and uh, to tell my mum and dad, because I was in bed asleep, that that I'd been selected. So they got me out of bed (laughs) and... um, and uh, I, th- I, th- I think my mum, uh, mum and dad, and Jim had a few drinks. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But you were a bit surprised, I gather, about yeah. the, about the team. Def- definitely, because um, they said the position I was in, and I, I said, well, what about Les Collins? He's a fixture there, and playing outside left. Have you played outside left before? Yeah, um, uh, Jack Reddish, the college uh, sports teacher, got me there at fourteen in the first team at the college and um, he he taught me the basics and there were some strange basics like at at our goal kicks I have to be back level with the edge of the 18 yard box and and he used to say it gives the fullback a dilemma does he come and mark you and leave the space behind or does he wait and you can get the ball you know so little things like that yeah but that 1961 game what do you remember about it? Not too much other than waiting to get going. And uh, one unusual thing happened was in those days you had the studs with the three pins that were hammered into the bottom of your boots. Right. And they, they going around, walking around on the concrete for about an hour, started coming through into my feet. <laughs> so I, I, I had to get my boots. You had a... Um, 
a sh- like a horse or, or a thing where you put the boot on and then you hit down on the studs and it got rid of the inside. Uh, Sounded like a job for blacksmith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a blacksmith in the ground? <laughs> and luckily off they had it. In fact, I've still got one of those things for putting um, the boots on and putting the studs in at home. My dad had one and uh, I inherited it. Yeah. And of course, this game was the one where it was really dodgy about whether it went ahead. It yes. Was so yeah. flooded. and yeah. yeah. The picture the other day in, in the press of, of them uh, sweeping the line on the far side yeah. yeah so in 1961 saints were still an emerging force chasing the tales of northerners who had won the trip won the treble yeah and of course there was yourself john lovage and jerv uh, providing exciting new blood to the st martin's team yeah can you give us an insight at all into your relationship with john and jerv because you've obviously been at the college with them for a few years right. and were you big mates yes um particularly with john um uh, uh, John's mum and my mum were in the Cattell Hospital together. He was born six days before me, so they were friendly at that time. And then we became friendly at St Martin's School. Jerv was at the Cattell School, and we got together and started being friendly with him in the 11-year-old Ireland match. Uh, we were th- all three in it, and we went to Jersey to play. And I think... Okay, I remember, I'm sure we won, but uh, I can't remember too much about it. It's a long time ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you so, came through all the college years together. Yeah. And then you went into Saints. Unfortunately Saints. Uh, for John, it, he didn't uh, he didn't get in the first team. Uh, I think because uh, Jack was uh, wanted people who were full full out hundred percenters, yeah, yeah, and John at times was perhaps. Not not as keen as he could be, <laughs> yeah. But uh, right. yeah, I remained a friend of, of his all, all my life. In fact, we still go out for meals together now. Oh, great! That's great yeah. to hear. Yeah. Um, what was the Saints dressing room like in those early days before the success came? I mean, because well, it was a lot bel- of old boys around, wasn't it? Believe it or not, the f- uh, starting up, uh, we were at the Fort Road. All oh, right, you're still playing Fort Road then. Yeah, uh, the, uh, and. I, one of the things I put down on my little list was uh, the, helping to bring the people who took over the Fort, Fort Road um, said anything we wanted from the building we could take. So all the timbers and the roof and stuff like that and the doors and things like that, we, we had a tractor and a trailer and we, all of us mucked in and got it up there for, for, yeah, for our um, skilled Builders, I think it was Ted Smith's dad and Henry Davies' dad. Um, and put together the original pavilion. Building, oh, well, right. yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously expanded a yeah. lot since. But in terms of personnel in the team, I mean, uh, in the original Saints team when you were coming through, people like, was it people like Bob Foote? Playing yes, uh, full-back. Uh, initially, I think George Dory played. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, not not too sure of all of them no, <laughs> at no, the no. moment. Let's go back to Jack Reddish and your influence at the college. I mean, yeah. of course, he had a really strong competitive instinct. Yeah. He didn't like losing. No. And um, he didn't like people. He didn't like lazy players. Um, what did he sort of instill in, in your game, do you think, which you kept, you took forward? Well, to? I, I think what you've just said, 
Um, you know, you've got to give a, try and give 100% every time and try and learn from what he tells you. If you pra- we, we used to sometimes, uh, uh, in a gym lesson, we would practice um, a situation like turning with the ball or dummying left and going right and stuff like that. He'd like you to practice that and then obviously put it into your game, you know. So I... I, I Really rated Jack, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Richard Payne's um, statistical summary of your career includes notes of the trials with Arsenal in 61, 62 and Southampton in 62, 63. How extensive were these trials, Colin, and why didn't it work out? The, f- the, fir- the first, I think I played three games the first time I went up to Arsenal, um, including uh, in the train down to Brighton. Uh, Brighton Hoves old, old ground um, I played uh, against West Ham on the spotted dog pitch I think that's what they called it um, I can't remember where the other game was and then um, after about um, uh, m- my mum and dad and Jerv came on that one yeah, Jerv. So were you trialling as a left winger or centre forward or no, centre half? No they played me centre forward All right, yeah. okay. and how did it come about that you got to Arsenal did they how did they get wind of some, somebody f- phoned us up uh, and well and, and on a recommendation from over here but I, d- I don't know who recommended it no the trials were they unsuccessful did they make um, an offer or I, I, just... I, w- I would say they were unsuccessful yeah I, I don't think I did that well no no uh, and particularly um they asked me to go back again. I think I could know it was a couple of months later, something like that. And uh, we played on uh, the the Arsenal training pitch. I can't remember what it's called, but the, you'll, you'd know the name of it. Um, and it was a really wet, muddy day, and the only boots I had were uh, moulded. So you really need long studs for that. Well times have changed so you, so you were all over the place I, I was all over the place and um, that was it I, yeah. I mean yeah you look at some of the players in this list um, there, there are quite a few who perhaps could have gone away but the the, the, the pull of Guernsey kind of yeah. uh, you know well, you, you kept them on island well, yeah. what was it like for, for, a, for a young guy going away from Guernsey to well um, again I, 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 to illustrate that perhaps is the 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 second time I went away um, I just played the one game and I was on my own the other t- the other time I was with Jerv and my mum and dad um, and uh, it was just before Christmas and I they my mum and dad said to me before I left why don't you go and see the Christmas lights in London you know so I did and I, I thought right <laughs> I don't want to be here <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. It's good. It, I think you, your feelings clearly were of a Guernsey person. Yeah, for, I, I, I would for never many have, decades. I would know? never have lived in London. I, I don't think I would have lived in Southampton either. But no, no. yeah, yeah. The Southampton thing was that sort of a uh, again was it a serious thing? Did you really want to go, or, or were um, you half-hearted? Because you've obviously well, had. Yeah, I, I think looking back on it, I was most probably half-hearted, but. Um, I enjoyed the experience um, and uh, yeah I think I just played a couple of games I think and the, um, there was a big game 
um, coming up in the Prio, and I asked if I could uh, go back. <laughs> so they they, uh, they they said yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so their their loss was your gain, our gain, and um, well, yeah. Sir Martin's gain. Um, by '64, Sir Martin's won the league, and then course at that stage John Forsey was playing centre half again yeah, for yeah. Saints and you were centre forward scoring yeah. all the goals playing up from John Novridge yeah. um, John Forsey emigrating to Australia yeah. um, meant that Saints needed a centre half yeah. how easy was it for how were you easily persuaded to swap roles or yeah, was it your I, idea I, I think it, it had happened it, it, sorry yeah <laughs> it, it had happened even in those days uh, at a schoolboy, I, I started off at centre forward yeah. for the two years, and then um, I can't remember. I think it was Derek Sweet yeah. was the centre half yeah. uh, the first, but he he was a year older than me, so he'd gone and that. So I moved back to uh, to centre half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you did you feel in your younger years? A big thrill about scoring goals. You weren't you always were, do. You, you weren't uh, yeah. you, you weren't too fussed, obviously surrendering no, that, no, no. that that goal no. Um, no. machine sort of feeling yeah, to, no, be, no, to be no. a, to be but, a defender. Well, they were good replacements. Uh, John John uh, took over sort of and uh, yeah yeah and Henry when he came in yeah yeah. By the mid sixties, the Martins were sort of all dominant, right? Both locally and in Channel Islands. But I gather you were sort of the key personality in the team. You were the one who drove the tactics. Is that right? I, That's I, what my sources tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a job job to say. Um, we we had a, a basic thing we tried to do, and um, as I was on the pitch, I could usually help that to happen, mm. even though it, it might not involve me personally. Um, but uh, yeah, Jack wasn't the best. I don't think Jack Loveridge wasn't the best tactician, but he was. He, he his enthusiasm and the way he got people to work um, it was really, really good. So yeah. between us, we usually did a, did a reasonable job. Yeah. yeah. Had you already sort of developed a, a, um, a keenness to? to sort of coach and, and, and understand the tactical side of the game? Because a lot of players can't yeah, be bothered. They'll turn up, they'll just turn yeah, up yeah, and play. Yeah. I think that developed o- over the years. Um, but uh, from uh, starting, um, I think I had a, a good thing back with Jack Reddish. So I knew sometimes if I said something or practised something with the team, it would benefit the team. And so that that was the sort of thing I did, yeah. Despite Saints' excellence and their, I mean, they won so many Uptons during this period. No Guernsey team's ever been close to being so successful in Upton right. um, terms. But during the 60s and into the early 70s, Guernsey often lost against Jersey yes, and Marathi. yeah. Can you explain why? We had such many, so many good players, but we didn't seem to get the result. I think it's most probably um, the old phrase, the balance and the blend of the side. Um, and I can't remember when it changed from a, a selection committee to a, an individual manager. I think about 72, was it, yeah. when, when Noel well, Jeffries came in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, th- I think that, that would have uh, explained a lot because... Um, selectors 
tended to favour their own players. And so you didn't get a balanced side or, or um, the, you know, people even sometimes playing in the right place, you know. Oh, well, you, well, we've seen over the last few weeks and looking back at some of these players, some of the selections were yes, were yeah. bizarre to say yeah, the least. Yeah. And some, of, some of these players were being moved from pillar to post from year to year. Well, I'm, I'm led to believe that selection of me on the first one, uh, there were three... They, they'd gone through the team, so there was the 10 there, and there were three vying for the left wing spot. There was John Breo, Les Collins and me. Moving into coaching, was that something you had planned to do? I, or did I, it just happen? I think it, most probably it just happened, but it, it grows on you. Um, it, I, I, um, <laughs> I, w- I was at St Martin's uh, and the two boys were coming along um, and, and playing, you know, uh, in their ju- junior games. And I thought, well, I can perhaps help out here. And um, I'd, I'd taken the minis for a time. Um, and then I looked to sort of do a bit more at Saints with uh, the juniors. And I found, uh, you know, they were well stocked with coaches. I'll put that politely. <laughs> Um, and um, at the same time, or, or, or during that time, uh, Paul Saunders, dad, Mick Saunders. Right, yeah, I know the name. Came, came up, came up uh, from Sylvans and said to me, how would you fancy coaching the Sylvans Prio side? I said, well, I'll have a think about it. And bearing in mind I was a policeman then and... I had shift work because although it wasn't a proper shift work, I was a community officer. Um, I said there'll be times if I do do it, I won't be able to, um, uh, you know, be at games or be at training. But luckily enough, uh, not long after that, they changed my job in the police force. They, They asked me to do the schools. I used to go into the schools and chat to the kids. And, you know, there was a program um, set up by the Hampshire Police, which we followed, and it, it, it basically you would we tried to see every there was two of us. Uh, we tried to see every uh, person, every class once a term. So it, it was quite a busy thing. I remember you coming into school regularly. Colin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also did the cycling proficiency, yeah. which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. And some schools didn't have anybody to teach. So I used to, when I had spare time, I used to go in and teach the cycling proficiency as well as do the I don't you had time to do the football, to be honest. <laughs> this whole Sylvan's experience and developing that team into a top side, it must, um, it must have a great pride. For yeah, that. absolutely. I, I think it, it, it helps in a way. I, I didn't sort of have a plan, but I had a, a good idea of how I wanted to try and play. And it, it fell upon deaf ears in some of the older players. In fact, um, you know, uh, a, f- a couple of them were, were downright rude in, in, <laughs> towards me at times. But um, and in fact, so much so that one of the one of the games, because I was trying to play in a certain way, they said we should be playing like we've always played. So I said, okay, well, this next game, and it was against North, um, we'll play the way you want to. 
Okay, uh, I think we lost six <laughs> nil. <laughs> yeah, so um, point proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, that Sylvan's team, when it reached a peak, was an excellent team. How would it have compared? Do you think, Colin, with the yeah. great Saints team, which yeah. you were you were centre half, John Rodridge up front, Jervin yeah. goal. I, th- I think we'd have given them a good game. I think football develops all the time. So the likes of uh, Vancey and Nobby, I don't know if we'd have contained them. Yeah, but... Uh, you'd have given it a good I'm game. Sure, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you'd yeah. have stood up well. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't like to hazard a, a sort of a suggestion that, that, that which team was the best. No, I, I think it because it developed most probably Sylvans, yeah. But um, certainly, I think in our in our time, um, you know, yeah, we we we'd learnt a lot over the years of of winning it at Saints, and uh, I think a lot of people had improved individually, me included. You know, you you get experience and you uh, improve things. Yeah. Rob's spoken about it before, you know, a real shift in, in local sport towards kind of island representation and, and, you know, obviously Guernsey FC and everything. But, but you know, when you were playing, was there as much pride in representing St. Martins and, and winning trophies there as there was? I, I think the in, in some ways more because the, the people seem to know more about the football. Now um, they watch telly and uh, see the good football on the box sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I think the, the and you tended initially at any rate to play for your parish in the in those days you know um you know i think virtually all of our i'm guessing a bit now virtually all of our old saints team were sort of uh orientated yeah and not always perhaps in the parish but uh, whereas now uh, you know they go and play for who, who they choose yeah it's been a wonderful career, Colin. Obviously, um, playing and coaching. Any regrets at all? Is then you never you were never the island manager. No, I, as, I, was that a regret? No, uh, I think that was a deliberate act, but I really shouldn't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, why not? Were you ever tempted? I, th- I think you you could you could read some of your reports of your colleagues on the way I was treated with the disciplinary committee and the referees, especially one of the reports, I've got it at home actually somewhere, where they th- they th- thought, if I, I don't know if I'll get it exactly right, that I was being baited by players and the referees weren't seeing it. And so, and I've never told anybody this, um, I... I made it in my own mind that I would never coach the island. I know you, you know you still watch a lot of local football. Oh yeah, who yeah. Um, you know who from the sort of the current era, you know from the from the last sort of ten or fifteen years, uh, which players w- would you look at now and think oh, I'd have loved to play with them? Well, the the the, the goal scorers particularly, yeah, yeah. Ross, Ross, yeah. Ross Allen, yeah, uh, Ross Allen and Kevin uh, and and that. Um, also, there are some some obviously great 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 defenders as well. You know, it's uh, the, the, the I don't think the Ireland team get, they get it far wrong now. Anyway, thank you, Colin, for coming in, and um, okay. it's been great to talk to you. Um, and it's I think everybody is so pleased that you you finished top of one hundred because you obviously your your reputation in Guernsey football is second to none. Thank you, thank you very much. Wow.
Well, it was quite touching to hear Colin speaking uh, about his early days there. Clearly a man um, with a huge attachment to Guernsey and he's given so much to football here. Congratulations to him uh, on being named at the top of our list of Guernsey football's top 100. Well, that's just about it from us this week. I know, Rob, you want to give uh, uh, congratulations to our friends across the water. Yeah, I'm sort of very begrudgingly. Um, <laughs> but fair play to him. Um, Martin Cassidy's jersey FA side have won the last FA Interleague Cup and they won it in some style um, beating Cheshire 5-2 and the thought sort of occurred to me when I heard the results and that was that that was probably just as well that the Marathi has been um, cancelled this year after the season because I'm sure on the back of the preparations for that and the fact they're playing together so regularly um, we may well have been beaten yeah, they've definitely uh, hit a groove, haven't they, Jersey, in the, the last couple of weeks in that competition and, and, and blown the opposition away, I think, in both the semi-final and the final. That's right, that's right. And unfortunately, we haven't had a game for our senior team this season. And so we would have been at a big, big disadvantage. Um, so good decision on the inter-inter <laughs> uh, um, inter committee to cancel the Marathi. <laughs> Well, before we go, let's just have a quick look at what's coming up. Sylvans and Bells are back in action on Tuesday night in the quarterfinals of the Guernsey FA Cup. And then we've got three Prio League games to look forward to next weekend. Alderney host North. Uh, it's Vale Rec against Rangers. Uh, and Rovers face Bells. Rovers need to win to keep the title out of Saints' hands until uh, a week on Wednesday at least. Well, thanks very much, chaps. We'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press football podcast and this Thursday as well with a, a look at uh, Ireland sport in general on the Guernsey Press sport podcast, both, of course, in the same feed. Do rate and review if you can and let us know what you think of the show so far. Um, it's been great to have some, some fabulous feedback. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, cheers, guys. We'll thanks, Tony. see you in a few days. Cheers, Tony.